every position I got a diamond at. But if I'm not getting a Mushu, you ain't getting a Jeremy. <laughs> what? I feel like a young Omar. Write to us. We're very friendly. <laughs> Much love. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Going Deep with Matthew and Jeremy. Uh, unfortunately, Matthew won't be with us tonight. However, I have an even better co-host with me tonight. Special guest, Rob Stegenborg. Um, if you haven't seen him yet, he is also with Sportsbums, as are we. Going Deep with Matthew and Jeremy, brought to you guys by Sportbums.com. Rob is a writer, blogger, podcaster, and analyst. I don't know how he does all four, but he manages to do all four, all for the NHL Hockey League. Um, not, like I said, not only does he do sports bump, but he has his own side project, reeksidemedia.com, where you can find all your NHL info there. He also does the Blue Notes fan report, focusing on the St. Louis Blues, and is also a blogger for the St. Louis fan report.com, and last but not least, hockeywriters.com, where he covers the Blues as well. Rob, I got to ask you before we even get into this, how in the world do you do all these different projects? When do you have time for this? Well, I'll tell you what. I, I enjoy being here, and I, I love just connecting with you guys, especially you guys down in SoCal. It's my favorite part of the United States. So uh, the, where I find time with it is that I have a wife, and I have kids, and they are very much not into hockey and not really even into sports. So oh. while they're binge-watching on on Bridgerton or, <laughs> or whatever the kids' show of the month is, I have some time to just kind of kick it around for hockey, and uh, that's something I enjoy. I've always been a fan. I, I can't ever say I played the game. I can't even skate. But the thing <laughs> is, I enjoy the competition. I, I love the fierceness, and I just love that uh, really the storylines in hockey – or unlike any other sport, really kind of like the NBA to an mm-hmm. extent, but storylines are always really big in hockey, and I just love to be able to write about them and share it with you guys and, and your audience with Sport Bump. Well, definitely with Sports Bump, I've seen it. I've sat on here a couple times already. I'm not the biggest hockey guy. I enjoy being there. I enjoy watching. Sometimes the rules go over my head, but mm-hmm. I just enjoy it. I love the physicality of the sport. I love the beauty of the passing and different things like that that go into it. But I've been reading these articles on Sports Bums, which you could probably tell me a little bit more about right afterwards. And like I said, as not a big hockey person, they are perfect for those people that are like seeing it, like watching it. I guess you could say more mainstream hockey or whatever you want to say. It's an overview, which I really allows um, people that aren't too big in hockey to kind of understand and slowly get into it more and more. Um, like you said, I'm here in SoCal. I'm here in L.A. We have the Kings repping the Kings jersey today. Um, I would say it's not the biggest thing, but I've noticed in Orange County, where is actually where I more live, it's a bigger thing where we have the Ducks and different stuff that's going on. You go into the Orange County area. there's they, they, they know they're hockey. And I think little by little, hockey is really growing here in California. Um, just really quick, can you kind of give me an overview on the two uh, two articles you put out on Sports Bums? Sure. I love that you say that because I think that the reason why I like to write about this stuff is because I am not 
a hockey geek. Like I don't get so sucked into these stats where I could tell you a third line center for the Buffalo Sabres of 1983. Like that's not me, you know, and mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I'm like you, there's a lot of, lot of fans who, who aren't to that level and they just like to watch the games and they're into it and they, they get it. So I definitely see there's a division in really North America between this hardcore hockey fan and Hey, we know everything. No one can be smarter than us. And there's guys like you and me who just like to watch a good game. Like, hey, man, it's a Tuesday night. The the Canucks are playing the you know the Flames. Let's go. Let's go watch it. You know, there's something nothing else going on, and you kind of start getting into the game that way. So, for me, it's always been important to to number one, don't act like you're bigger than the game, or number two, bigger than the fan, because the fans are the ones that feed the whole thing. So, my articles for Sport Bomb have really been. To me, I really enjoyed writing them because they're not so micro level and stats and GAA and Corsi and Fenwick and all this blah, 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 because hockey is a game of stats. You know, you could be overwhelmed with stats. But I'll tell you, the thing that that I really liked about for Sport Bum is to be able to bring the game into like just normal Couple guys around a bar sitting around talking about the games, you know. Yes. Like, who are the teams to watch? You know, who do, like don't don't let me mess around with you know the Buffalo Sabers. They're no good, you know. They're terrible. So don't even talk to me about that. Who who do I need to pay attention to? Like for me to go into a conversation with my buddies or my brother-in-law at a barbecue, give me some stuff I need to know, and that's what I try to do with my articles. So I hope everybody enjoyed them. Uh, again, I enjoyed writing them. That's my kind of writing. I really enjoy that. I'm happy you did. So I've gotten feedback from it. Your two posts have been one of the higher read articles on, on the actual website, and which is really good. It got a lot of good feedback, um, whether it's people from the outside or people in my kind of circle that text me or whatever it might be. Wow, great article. And I know I haven't been able to pass it over to you. Really enjoyed reading it. Very simple, very easy. So I think you've hit it on the nail right there. Well, I'll tell you what, guys like me, that fuels my spirit. So, boy, when I hear that, it does make me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm not just a, a guy doing this from my dining room table in the middle of America somewhere. It feels like I'm actually making an impact. Because the fact is, is I'm kind of tired of the media being, like, really arrogant and acting like they're just so much smarter than the average American. And, and in hockey, it's terrible. It's just like uh, – let everybody enjoy the game. Everybody enjoys hockey, you know, and uh, I'm a military veteran. I know a lot of vet- veterans guys love hockey. They they deal with some of their own issues by playing hockey. So, you know, hockey's not always about fights and bloods and guts, but it, it's a good sport to watch. You know, you can kind of check in on it. There's a lot of games. There's 82 games in the normal year. It's hard to keep up with a team that, that many nights. They're playing on Tuesday night in like freaking, you know, Minnesota, or they're playing like a, you know, Thursday night and, you know, some other godforsaken in you know Alberta or something I get it it's not really high watch uh high stakes but once you get to the playoffs teams you know you really sort the, the wheat from the chaff start seeing some players and uh you know the great thing about this year's playoffs is there's a lot of players who are playing for contracts and these will be names that you guys will be reading about in a couple months you know wow that guy got a 14 million dollar contract or eight million dollar contract so I do think you know the, these guys are playing for that big money and uh I just want to make sure fans kind of know who to look for and kind of who to kind of storylines to kind of keep an eye on. And I think that's all we can really ask for. You, you kind of mentioned your, your military. What kind of led you to hockey? What led you to writing? What was your path to this point? So it's, I mean, I like to tell the story because number one, 
there's no hiding that my voice is ignorant and it fits in people's face and people are like, what is this guy's voice? You know? But, uh, so when I was 18 years old, I was really into like rock and roll. I really wanted to be a DJ. I really thought okay. I had it. I, I liked the style. I loved the music. And I, I'll tell you what, I could tell you everything about every classic rock band ever because I had no life. And that's what I, I did. I really, really enjoyed it. So when I signed up for the army, I was like, Hey man, they have, you know, they have broadcasting. This could be my big break, you know? So I remember walking up to the guy and I said, well, son, what is it that you want to do? I said, well, you know, I, I really want to be a broadcaster. And he just kind of stopped and looked at me. He goes, son, with that voice, you'll never make it. Wow. <laughs> and I was like heartbroken. I was like, yeah. dude, are you killing me? <laughs> so he said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, I'll sign you up to be a journalist. So I ran that becoming a journalist in the army. Yeah. Uh, again, I was 18, no college, no nothing. Just ended up start writing. Cause I wrote for the school newspaper, believe it or not. I wrote, stories about Van Halen for the, for the school newspaper. And it, it, it ended up becoming a, a thing that I did in the army and loved it uh, and became pretty good at it to the point where I got um, what's called nominated for an overseas position. And I got to be a writer for the stars and stripes, which is a, the American military daily newspaper that serves the troops overseas. And I was in the European division and I really enjoyed that. I got a chance to travel Europe and write, not just about sports, but just write. But I was actually assigned to the sports department and uh, ended up just doing a lot of sports and making connections and covered, you know, believe it or not, that was when the NFL used to come over to Europe and play games uh, in Europe before kind of the World League started and all that. So I kind of got my start with the World League of American Football, believe it or not, that old that old place. And I covered the Frankfurt Galaxy of all of all teams. Uh, where they were a great team. They were so much fun and it was really good. So it just led me on a career of writing. And again, um, sports writing was really a difficult um, business to break into. You know, it was really hard to do that at such a high level. Because again, this is before blogs and, and, and podcasts and what have you. So, um, you know, I, I took a job as a news writer and just became a news writer for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years and just wrote news. You know, I started off doing, you know, your, your, city water board meetings and the city school board meetings. I ended up moving up to doing crime reporting and did a lot with, you know, different crimes and sort of things and made a lot of connections there and uh, ended up doing uh, some feature stories for the business journal, uh, which was our business magazine here in town. And I got to cover, believe it or not, which is interesting, the Rams when they came uh, to St. Louis, um, I got to cover that whole process and that was pretty cool. But of course now they're back with you guys, Back you can have LA. them. They're a mess. They're <laughs> stink. You can take the whole, whole damn mess. <laughs> Uh, it's funny you say that. Um, I actually, when they came back to the Coliseum, lucky enough, we got season tickets and we started watching them. And you know, beginning wasn't very pretty. And I was like, man, did we actually win something here, or did St. Louis kind of win? Who won this whole trade off? And you know, a year or two later, they're in the Super Bowl. Things are good. We got the new SoFi Stadium down in Inglewood. That's a heck of a story to get to where you are now. And um, I'm just happy that we were able to meet on social media and get this connection going and get going on sports bums and whatnot. My, my passion is sports and I just love, I love it. So, you know, I love, I probably talk too much and go on too much about it, but I, just, I love it, man. It's something I do. Exactly how I kind of got into this. I love talking about it. I love being able to just give my opinion, whether it's right, wrong, whatever you may think of it. I just feel like I can give you an idea. Maybe you can think about it and say, Hey, maybe he has a point here. Maybe he doesn't, whatever it might be. Sports has been my whole life. Playing it since four years old, all the way. I still play now. Not anything worth anything. Sunday league stuff, but still out there going at it and being as competitive as, as I can be. Competition right now is 
obviously the core right now in hockey because it's playoff time, right? We have a list of teams right here. We have our matchups. Would you mind giving me a little breakdown and maybe a little bit of insight on what happened on these first games? Sure. Perfect. If I, if I could take one minute, though, no first, problem. I wanted to say rest in peace to Southern California hockey. You know, you guys um, didn't, you're not in the playoffs this year and it bums me out, but I will tell you, watch out for the Ducks. I think the Ducks will be a team in a couple of years that are going to be a, a real handful with the, they got some young guys who are playing really good. So we'll get to that though another time. Perfect. Perfect. So actually, before we jump into the playoffs with this COVID year, what really happened within the hockey regarding the playoffs? Okay. So first of all, the old days was like almost, you had like with 30 teams and like basically everybody made the playoffs except for like three drag teams that were never any good. Well, that all changed and became uh, where they, they basically developed uh, four divisions. They can, they, the North division, which was all the Canadian teams. And again, there are corporate names for them. I'm not even going to try to go there. I think it's like, Nova Scotia Bank or whatever, but so they had the North, they had the East Division, which was the New York Rangers, uh, let's see, um, the New York Islanders, you know, the teams on the East Coast. It's really the, the concept was to limit the, the amount of travel, so to really keep teams in a more of a regional pod sort of system that they could still have games, but not have to travel cross country and expose themselves to COVID, which of course now NHL's all their COVID cases are all popping up. It's it's insane. But um, so I think the way that they, so each team basically with, you played 18, eight games within your division. So in other words, you know, if I'm in St. Louis, for instance, where I'm at, I went through a two week period where I saw nothing but the freaking Arizona coyotes. Like you talk about that's boring. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's a different, difficult way for fans who are kind of new to the game to be like, oh, wait a minute, didn't we play these guys like two weeks ago? Oh no, we're playing them four more times, dude. You don't get used to it. And to me, I just like, that was just really the quirk of the schedule. And it, and then, you know, games got rescheduled and, and recant and can't just, it was a weird season in that way. So the way it all like read to, you know, the way, uh, traditional rivalries of so for instance in me in the midwest i was broken away from some of my traditional rivalries out in the east and in in, in the uh you know in chicago blackhawks is a huge rivalry dallas stars big rivalry broken away from that and i was thrown in with las vegas and in, in uh, colorado uh in that old crowd and again you know that was um that became the division to beat i mean everybody they're just beating the hell out of each other so Coming back to the original point is that the way they redefined these divisions for this year uh, really created, you know, uh, the teams playing each other a lot. So, in other words, the good teams would beat up on the bad teams. They got good. They padded their records, and the records looked very uh, impressive. The bad teams just looked terrible, and they got worse because they couldn't beat these good teams. So, that's going on in every market that, you know, if you're a bad market team, and you're on the bubble, you're probably not getting in, you know, and you got to really, you know, be able to beat the teams in your division. So uh, right there, that just changed the whole playing field. So now what's going to happen is the top four teams in each of the divisions, again, you know, the North, the East, the Western division, and what they call the Central division, um, you know, the four teams, they'll all meet and we'll go through those, those teams. Those two winners from those four games will meet in a uh, divisional you know, final, and then those four teams will be reseeded. That's what's confusing. So they get reseeded, and then that becomes the Stanley Cup, basically the semifinal tournament. So they'll go down to four teams. They'll do a semifinal tournament. Um, again, that'll include the Canadian team, and that might be in if they have home ice advantage, it could be in an American city. You know, I think um, there's no hope really to host Canadian games. I think 
with cross-country travel. I know that's a big issue right now. But anyway, I don't want to belabor the point, but I just want to give you the laying field because it's the old school. The old school, like everybody made it, you know, it's like everybody made the playoffs. It's like, what? You know, but but now it's not like that. It's, you, you, there's a level of competition you have to be able to survive to get to the playoffs. No, I think you hit it perfectly. It kind of explained it. Like I said, not big hockey guy. So you gave me exactly the rundown I needed. Um, it kind of correlates to last year's 2020 MLB season where everybody's played within their division and you'd play well, in baseball. You have the NL, AL, NL West would play the AL West throughout the season and kind of just stay in your, within your area rather than cross country traveling and whatnot. Um, so right here, I'm assuming this is our East division. We have the number one seeded penguins going against the number four Islanders. Can you series is tied one, one, I believe the games were both close. Game one went into overtime. Can you kind of tell me what we should be looking for in this one? Islanders, Islanders are a really young, hot team. Uh, they, they've they always been young and just really on the cusp, but this year they made a big trade at the at the trade deadline, uh, picked up a guy, Kyle Palmieri, hit a big game in the first game and scored a goal. But I got to tell you, the Pittsburgh Penguins are like the L.A. Lakers. You just don't, you just don't bet against them. You know, they got Sidney Crosby. He's, you know, doing – great things just look up and up and down the roster um they definitely have the pedigree they definitely know so uh that to me i think no matter how competitive uh, the islanders are in that series i think it's pittsburgh's going to be the team to beat in that you know there, there's no way pittsburgh's gonna come out of that so sorry about the background noise no, don't worry about down. it don't worry about it um is this a five-game series, seven-game series? What are we looking at? It's a seven-game series. I'm sorry, it's a good, good point. Seven-game series. Uh, right now, it's one-to-one as we're taping this. Again, I think there's going to be some games tonight. There's a game tonight, I'm yeah. Not sure when these are going to come out. But um, the point is, you know, they're uh, right now it's competitive. It's, it's a very competitive series. You know, there's a couple series that we'll get to that are 0-2 uh, or 2-0. Um, but again, you know, they're uh, somewhat of a surprise. But again, the Penguins, all you need to know about the Penguins is, uh, um, well, they got a great goalie and they got Sidney Crosby and a bunch of other guys who are just kick ass. So uh, I know all you know. about Sidney Crosby. Uh, it sounds like he's been a lot healthier, I believe, early in his career. A lot of health issues, concussions, yep. different things like that. But it sounds like he's been doing a lot better over the past couple of years. Really good to see him on the ice. One of the little storylines to watch with Sidney Crosby is he's kind of got a reputation as being a little bit of a dirty player. So mm-hmm. if you're watching the Penn's game, just kind of keep an eye on him. Sometimes I'll give the guys a cheap shot or kind of mug him into the mug him in the ice. So that's always, he never gets called, but it's, it's always fun to watch the Penguins play and watch Sidney Crosby get away with basically murder on the <laughs> ice. So. Would you say Crosby is like the golden child of NHL? Is he the LeBron James where he is the face? Or would you say there's somebody else maybe further down on this list that I have right here? Well, you know, it just, I think he once was, he he actually held that, that title for so many years, Mm -hmm. but you know, you have to look at, uh, you know, just, there's a lot of hot young players coming up and a lot of big names and, and, you know, you know, Ovechkin has a name right there. You know, that guy is a stud. Where do you get to him? And, you know, we talk about Tom Wilson, the big guy that everybody hates Tom Wilson. Well, he's a player and he's been scoring goals. So, you know, it's like uh, there's a lot of marquee players, and this is the time of year, like you said, when people earn their contracts, mm-hmm. and that's when they start start uh, making a name for themselves. So Agreed. Our next matchup here, the Ovechkin-led Capitals against the Bruins. Series has tied 1-1 here as well. They are also playing tonight. What's been going on in this series, and what should we be looking forward to? That has just been a knockdown, bloody nose uh 
that is old school hockey. And I'll tell you why, because the, the first of all, let's start with the Capitals. They got uh, Zdeno Chara, who used to play for uh, the Bruins, and he's a big six foot eight goon, just a bruiser, but he's going to be a Hall of Famer. You know, he, he's, he, he's just so tough on that defensive line, and he just – it mugs guys. So he's been definitely in the game, but again, uh, TJ Oshie, the, the guy who was the Olympic hero for the U S a few years ago, uh, he's been playing really great for them. They got a good goalie. So the caps are very well stocked, but again, I mean, the Boston Bruins are just, they're, they're one of the, I think they're these, these blessed teams of the NHL that they get all the calls. They don't, you know, Brad Marchant's licking people in the face and stuff and <laughs> doesn't get called. I mean, it's just like, they just roll into it. So I think this is going to be an interesting series. I'm actually going to go on a limb and I'll go against my, my partner at ringside as she's from the SoCal and she's from Boston originally, oh, but no. I'm, actually going to, I'm actually going to go against and say the Capitals are going to sting them. The Capitals are going to take them out. Oh, uh, again, so what the players to watch is Adana Chara, TJ Oshie, um, certainly Tom Wilson plays for the Caps. A lot of, there's been a lot of focus on him because of his big hit a few weeks ago. I was going to say that's your last article, correct? Yeah. A whole last article. article about it. Yep. So perfect. So let's I mean, move. Trust me. I could go on for an hour on each series. Oh, I, trying to keep I believe short. it. Yeah. I believe it. Moving on to the next division here. We have the number one seeded hurricanes taking on the predators right now. The hurricanes, I believe are up one Oh, well now it's two Oh now two Oh yeah. now. Perfect. So they played today, correct? It, uh, they play tonight, I believe. Yes. Oh, to, yes. All right. So they're up. So, Any up? Um, what's the percentage cha- or what's the chances of an upset here for beating one? Predators to beat the Hurricanes. Well, originally I picked the Panthers to be my Stanley Cup team, and they that didn't happen. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I I really believe in Coach Q and believe in the coach that they brought in to kind of put them together. But they're down 0-2, and they're down to a team that's got uh, Nikita Kucherov. There's a name you probably hear. He was basically out all season, and they packed him in ice, and suddenly, miraculously, he shows up for game one in the playoffs and scores a couple big goals for them, you know. So, uh, you know, they got a good team, and they got a competitive team, and remember, they won it last year. They're the champs. So until someone knocks them off, they're the defending champs. So definitely keep an eye on uh, Kucherov, Steven Stamkos. That's a name you'll hear a lot. Uh, the goalie is a guy named Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, he's uh, in, in line for some of the goaltending awards, the Venezia awards and stuff. So uh, they got a really good team. So I, I think they're a team definitely to watch. Moving on to the next one. Number two Panthers taking on, I believe this is Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, that's the one I, I, I'm sorry. I was just talking about that. You one. were talking about this one. I'm sorry. So then yeah. for the Hurricanes against Predators, what should we be looking for in that one? So that one, I'll tell you, the Predators are coming in really hot. And, and they're, they're a team that uh, um, really has been playing the hottest hockey, you know, hottest hockey in the league. They've won, I think, 28 of the last 32 or something like that. Uh, they've been getting great goaltending by their, their goaltending, Saros. Um, not George Saros, but Saros, a different guy, uh, Yari Saros. Great goaltending. Uh, they got some veterans who've been kind of close to uh, the Stanley Cup, but they've never actually kissed it. So I think that they're maybe a year off, but they're going to be a good team. Uh, I'll tell you what, the Hurricanes are a really kind of a real deal, man. They got a good coach. They put it together. Their storm surge. Everybody loves the storm surge after they win. So uh, I think they're a fun team. I think they, they're going to be kind of America's uh, sweethearts as we as they keep winning. Uh, but the fact is they got – uh, Dougie Hamilton plays defense and he's, he's leading the league. Uh, so those are a couple of names to kind of watch for those guys. Okay. Perfect. So we got one more, or actually we had two more divisions moving on to number one avalanche going against your blues 
Series is 1-0 right now in favor of Avalanche, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. What's going on here? What's going on with your Blues? Well, I'll tell you what. First of all, you had the big big uh, hit that they uh, their leading point getter, David Perron, a little French guy from uh, Montreal, been in the league a long time. I think he played in Southern California. Really a heart and soul kind of guy of the team. Look, I put on the COVID list. And, uh, well, you take the leading scorer out, and that just really shook everybody up. Yep. Uh, the Avalanche just really dominated that, that game. They won their third period. It was a pretty competitive game, but the third period they just took off and and really dominated. So uh, St. Louis needs somebody to step up. I'm not sure who that'll be. They got a ton of ton of scores, names you would have heard of. You know, Vladimir Tarasenko is a name you might have heard of. A guy named Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, he's the captain. You may have heard of him. David Prawn. Uh, the goalie's Jordan Bennington. He's the mouthy guy that always seems to get in fights with other goalies. Uh, he's pretty good. He's been having a good good playoff. But boy, the Avalanche. Um, <clears throat> Nathan McKinnon. That's the name you need to hear. He's an MVP candidate, and uh, he's um, legitimate. Um, he's, I would say, one of the top three players in the league, uh, and he scores a lot of goals. And I'll tell you what, the guy is good at hockey. He's <laughs> unstoppable. Flat out great at hockey. Love it. Next one, the Vegas Golden Knights going against Minnesota Wild Series is 1-1. Um, kind of surprising. These Knights are still new to the league, and we've seen them in the playoffs the past couple of years. What's going on over there in Vegas? Why Why have they been so successful? Well, you know, this is this is actually a fun story because uh, to the casual fan, they don't really know this, but the league has definitely helped the Vegas Knights out. They've like given them they've given them you know the pick of the litter from all the other teams, and you know they've been able to you know not you know protect draft picks and all kinds of things that they put in place. And these are actually rules that they're not putting in place for the new Seattle franchise. They kind of learned their lesson and mm-hmm. people are like, wait a minute, you know, you guys made these guys a contender right out of the box. So that that's not really going to happen. I don't think with the, with, at least with the the new Seattle crack and they're the new team that's coming in the league, uh, they're going to have to kind of earn their stripes, but let's get back to the Golden Knights. Uh, the thing you got to know about them is that they are loaded with veteran talent. I mean, guys who've been in the league, guys who've been warriors, guys who've been in conference finals, Mark Stone, that's a guy you'll hear, uh, he's probably, he's an MVP candidate, you know, uh, Mark Andre Flores, the goalie, he's, you know, set all kinds of records. So you definitely hear his name. Uh, Minnesota is a good team. I think they just like the blues got kind of thrown in a really bad division in a really tough division. Again, uh, you know, but I'll tell you in the regular season, the Wild kind of has had the had Vegas's number. So it's going to be interesting to see how this this whole series plays out. But again, with uh, with uh, the Wild, you got to watch for the thrill. Uh, that's Kaprizov. That's a Karilla Kaprizov. He's a Russian kid. Uh, came from the KHL. Uh, he just is one of these guys. Makes amazing goals. He's number ninety seven. Uh, they call him the Thrill. And he's just, uh, he's worth the price of admission. So uh, he's a great player. Uh, they also have some great veterans, but watch, uh, watch him just for the thrill. He's, he's sweeping the, he's sweeping the hockey world. You make me want to have to go on and watch these games right now. Check out his highlights. Um, Check out his highlights. They're great. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to do that one. Lastly, we have our Canadian division. I believe you called it the North division. Yeah, Actually North division. hasn't kicked off yet due to some COVID tests coming out. They're supposed to start tonight. Um, Let's jump. Let's start with the first seed, though. Maple Leafs going against the Canadians. Series actually mm-hmm. kicks off tomorrow, which would be Thursday, the nineteenth, I believe. Um, sure. Who's the favorite here? What should we be looking for? And I love that you've been telling us what names to watch because now when I turn on the TV, I'm gonna actually know what I'm watching. 
you know, the kind of guys to watch. But this game is really interesting because uh, for all the history and tradition and all this stuff in Canada and everybody's blah, blah, blah about, you know, the red and the blue and, you know, the French speaking against the English speaking, it's, it comes down to the Maple Leafs are freaking good. Okay. They are, they got Austin Matthews, who's, you know, just uh, the goals leader this year. Uh, definitely a guy that um, you would definitely want to watch and, and you'll definitely be hearing his name. He'll be on the highlight reel almost every night. Uh, he also has Mitch Marner, you know, who's also a legitimate top level player who's really come into his own. Uh, you know, you'll just look through the roster. They made some big acquisitions when they got Joe Thornton, uh, who's a veteran who played for San Jose for a while. The grandpa guy has that big old grandpa beard. You can't miss him. Um, so, you know, they're an interesting team to get John Tavares. He was the big free agent signing last year, came from uh, um, the, the Islanders. It might have been two years ago, but came from the Islanders and was a big, big addition for the Maple Leafs. And they were supposed to win it last year. Again, they got shocked in the first round. So that brings us to the Canadians. Again, no matter what, everybody loves the Canadians. They love it because they're French and all that. We're not very good. Okay. okay. I mean, they'll be okay. They'll make, they maybe win one or games, one, one game or two, but they're not very good. They got some pretty good goaltending with Carey Price and Jake Allen. It's a one, two uh, sort of combo and both have won Stanley cups. Actually, I'm not sure if Carey, I think Carey Price has won Stanley cup. Jake Allen won a Stanley cup with the blues. Um, so they got definitely good goal goaltending, but boy, they've just been spotty. They've been trying to play young players. They got some aging players who are not really sure what to do with. So I say on this game, uh, definitely watch it for this, the pageantry and the back and forth with mm-hmm. the crowds and, and all that stuff. That'll be really cool. But when it comes down to the actual hockey game, expect the Maple Leafs to kind of roll over right. them. Uh, they just got a better team. All right. Leading us to our last matchup here. Let's see if I get this right. The Edmonton Oilers going against the Winnipeg Jets. Did yes. I get them? I got yeah. them. You see, I know a little bit. I know a little bit. Yeah. Starting off tonight, well, series starts this, tonight. What should we do? This is a great for? game. I mean, you know, I think that number one, people, you know, because Winnipeg's maybe not a marquee team and they don't have marquee names, they are really a solid team. And, and I'll tell you what, the Blues eliminated them uh, two years ago and they really had us on the brink. Um, and a lot of those players are in their second, third year. Connor Hellebuck's their, their, uh, goalie and he's really good so again if you end up tuning in that game just kind of watch their goaltending kind of hell books really good uh they got a guy on their defense named adam lowry he's a big bruiser he's been in the league about seven eight years so he's a guy to kind of watch um but i'll tell you what i mean the marquee name there's two marquee names here and that's Connor mcdavid and leon dreisaitl so Connor mcdavid let me start with leon dreisaitl he's from germany he's a german guy Came in the league. He's been like the number two guy there and just a playmaker. And I think really underrated. And just one of these guys that whenever he's on the ice, things happen. You know, uh, he's kind of the assist man who does a lot of setup for Connor McDavid. He's kind of the golden boy. He's the guy that meets with Gretzky and they have photo ops together. Oh, wow. um, he's, you know, but again, Edmonton's a, a franchise that's very steeped in tradition. And, you know, the fan base is insane about hockey. So they definitely connect. You know, Connor McDavid with Wayne Gretzky. And, and so that's going to be a special kind of series. So what I'm actually looking forward to is if the Maple Leafs end up playing um, the Oilers in the uh, in the next round, that would be a real knock them drag out fight because, boy, you talk about two teams that can just light up the scoreboard and two scorers who are just electrifying to watch, Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews. I mentioned 
Nathan McKinnon, he'd probably be the number three, but those are, if you like offensive hockey and scores, you know, definitely tune into those guys and watch those guys uh, for that, that Jets game. Uh, but again, I think the Oilers have a, have a little bit more than the Jets can handle, but the, the Oilers are a good team. And uh, I just think that because of the way the divisions all shook out, maybe people didn't give them as much credit, but they definitely have a winning tradition. They've been building towards this for several years, so they could be a surprise team. So we went through our list here. You kind of gave me who should win. Are there any upsets that maybe we should be looking out for throughout all these games, or should it be the best team should be walking out of these matchups? As, as much as I want to say the the underdog should win, and you know, mm-hmm. this, you know, I think it's going to be the way the seed shook out are the way is the way the the finals will be. So I think the number one seeds from each division will end up being in that final four. Uh, I could be wrong, you know, as the teams could come back and, you know, things happen. But I think just think when you look at the style of play, like for instance, Vegas, you know, to me, they're definitely a Stanley Cup contender. And I think really the 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 semifinal to watch would be if Vegas and um, uh, the Avalanche play. That'll be a game that'll really be for the ages and that'll be a series that'll go go seven games, you know, again, I'm hoping my blues catch the avalanche, but <laughs> in reality, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure that'll happen, but that'll be a series. You definitely want to tune in. That'll be appointment TV. And again, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, appointment TV there. So in terms of upsets, I'm not seeing it, but I think the teams that, that are seated high that should win or favored to win will win. Love it. Love it. Before we start wrapping up here, I have some rapid fire questions for you. Let's for see you? if you can hit these for me. We'll try it. So, as you already mentioned, I had it here, but favorite team and why? My favorite team is St. Louis Blues, just because I grew up with St. Louis, and I, you know, remember my grandpa bringing us to games. And uh, the team was actually founded the year I was born. Believe it or not, I'm giving one my age here, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I grew up with the team. They were they were here ever since I've been born. So they're they're kind of my team. Win or lose, usually lose, but <laughs> win too. Favorite player. My favorite player of all time or currently? All time. Uh, so I'm a really big fan of a guy named Pavel Dimitra that he played. Uh, he was a Russian guy, came over um, and played for the Blues for many years and never really won the cup, but was really always in the scoring race. was just a heart and soul player. And uh, he actually became uh, assistant coach with uh, the uh, Slovakian national team. And uh, his, his, plane cra- his plane crashed and he died and perished along with everybody on the plane. And, uh, you know, I obviously I just remember as such a great player, such a great blue and just gave his heart and soul, even though they came up short. So I love him. I love a guy named Brett Holt. You may have heard of him as well. So. Wow. So if you were the GM of the Kraken and they gave you the opportunity to select any two players in the league right now to start your franchise, who are you taking? Ooh, that's a really good question. Again, obviously with, Protected list and all that. That's kind of, you know, no but if, I just list, dare no to dream, if I dare to dream, I think I'd have to say, you know, I think I probably would pick up Connor McDavid. I th- he would be my number one guy and bring him and just say, hey, man, here's the offense. We're going to design it around you. Now on defense, I think that's a, that's going to be a question that they're going to be, you know, is Tom Wilson the new prototype defenseman, this big goon type that just beats people down? What is the new defenseman? Is a defenseman a guy that scores goals? That's, you know, that is kind of what Tom Wilson does, but is a defenseman more of a stay-at-home guy that just beats ass, you know, and, and takes care of business? So yeah. a lot of teams are struggling with what sort of identity they want to have on defense. And mm-hmm. in certain certain divisions, again, in certain games, you can get away with that. That's why you see so many guys go in and out of lineups, and this guy gets sat one night, another guy gets sat another night, because 
he might be an offensive defenseman. In other words, he plays defense, but mm-hmm. he's better on the push. Where other guys know, hey, man, we're going up against the top scorers in the league. We need to have some more defensive help, so we'll have some bigger beef on the line. So a lot of fans don't really understand why you guys go in and out. And mm-hmm. a lot of times it is for performance, and coaches are just like, hey, this guy's playing like junk. You know, let's get him out. Yeah. But the other time, it, it affects the strategy and how they match up their lines with the other the other teams and stuff. So, Fair enough. If I watch Taki for the first time tomorrow, who should be my favorite player? Um, for me, again, I'm going to say the thrill. Will really? the Carilla, the, the, the thrill, man, because he he just has acrobatic goals. He's a guy that scores on breakaways. He scores on wraparounds. He's got a one timer. He's just uh, he's one of those really once in a I don't say once in a lifetime because that's kind of I think that's overstated. But he uh, is a really special talent, and I think he brings a lot of excitement to hockey. I know. His Twitter goes crazy. If you ever look him up on Twitter, he's got a real funny Twitter. He's kind of a guy that that really appreciates his role in life. He doesn't take it too seriously. Uh, and there's obviously several fake Twitter accounts that are really <laughs> funny. So uh, the thrill, he, I think that's a player to definitely watch. And, of course, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, I would definitely put them in there. All-time greatest player. Uh, for me, uh, I'm going to have to say Wayne Gretzky. I mean, it just just he played for so long at such a high level. And, and there was a time, um, long, make a long story short, I when I was a lot younger, I got a chance to go to the Blues game. And a friend of mine, his mom had worked for some corporation and got us really good tickets, like right down by the ice, like second row in the ice. And they were they were playing the Kings. And it was when Gretzky was playing with Rob Blake and they, you know, just to watch those guys on the ice from such a really, you know, uh, up close level, how they were really quarterbacks of the ice. And how they really directed everything and all the plays went through them. That just fascinated me. And I was like, man, this guy, I just had a ton of respect for him because even when he's getting beaten over the head, he's directing the offense over, to, you know, and, and he was definitely the most vocal guy on the ice. And I, I never would have had that perspective if I would have sat in section three, six, you know, three forty two, which I normally do, you know? No, I, I get it. I get it. The Jersey today is actually Gretzky as well. Um, I know that at least from the outside, it looks like he's the standard. He is the MJ of hockey. He is mm-hmm. the mantle of baseball. Um, like like the MJ, there's always somebody. Oh well, we got we, this uh-huh. guy. Good. So there's a ton of names out there, and you know there'll be a ton of names as as the game goes along. That's part of the, part of the fun of it, you know. Agree. But um, yeah. So agree. Last question before we start making our way out of here: Will sure. we see you on the show for round two? We need our we need to make sure we get our preview before round two starts. Oh yeah, no, you'll you'll be getting your preview for Perfect. sure. So I'm definitely Perfect. working on a piece about number one, the players of watch, mm-hmm. kind of recap of what we talked about, and then uh, I'm kind of waiting. I think tonight's gonna be a really key night on what happens with a lot of the series because I think I would say tonight and tomorrow will be real, real, very telling for the whole, you know, the entire league. So definitely tune in tonight or just check out the scores tomorrow or watch the highlights. So I think that'll give you a key as to who's really gonna start coming out of these series. Uh, but definitely, I think towards the end of the week, I'll have something for you guys and look forward to. Uh, I always love when people send comments and retweet. I, I, I interact, I retweet, I like, I love, I all that stuff. So I appreciate my fans. I don't have many of them, but I appreciate it because uh, I just I enjoy talking about it. The list of fans is growing for you. I know it's going to hit. Uh, Rob, I want to say thank you for coming on with us. Thank you for everything you've done for Sports Bums. I really appreciate you taking the time before we head out. Where can I find you on Twitter? Let everybody know. So um, I run, uh, it's called at real 
Brock, B-R-O-C-K, Banna, B-A-N-N-E, number one. I know I, I hate that it's like that. <laughs> I wish it was easier, but it's a long story, and that's what I'm going for. But eventually next year, I'm going to transition into Rinkside Media that are called the Rinkside Report. So you can definitely follow me there because I'm I'm tweeting there as well as in my my own. So Rinkside Report and uh, Brock Banner is my, uh, my, my writing pen name at one time. Perfect. Don't forget, guys, not only can you find him at sportsbums.com where you can find him on the Puck Handler, great articles, but you can find him on rinksidemedia.com, stlouisfanreport.com, and also thehockeywriters.com. Again, Rob, thank you so much for coming on with us. Guys, make sure you guys find this episode anywhere podcasts are streamed, going deep with Matthew and Jeremy.com, and, of course, it'll be on sportsbums.com. Can Rob, I say one one thing though? What do you got? You guys, are, you guys are in South Car- South uh, California. Correct. I want to say really say thank you or uh, hello to my good friend Albert Pujols, and I hope <laughs> he just smacks the cover out of the ball out there and makes everybody believe that he's going to be one of the greatest players ever walk this planet. And I hope you guys in, in LA see that this weekend. Oh, I, we I'm so as people know, big Dodger fan here. I've been watching him all week. Uh, he had a big hit opening on his. Dodger debut, base hit up the middle, RBI. Dodgers ended up winning 3-1 that day. Um, mm-hmm. You're already seeing him mentoring, whether it's the hitters, talking to the pitchers, hey, go out there, just throw your stuff. I faced you. You're nasty, whatever it might be. I think he's going to have a big impact on this season just because with all the injuries the Dodgers have right now, we have a lot of young guys, and nobody knows how to hit a baseball better than Albert Pujols. I'll tell you, um, whether you like him as a player or not, I – uh, I don't know if that I respect a uh, professional athlete more than Albert Pujols for the humanitarian efforts mm-hmm. and things that he's done. I won't get into all that. Definitely. If people are interested in that, look this guy up because he's legit and he puts his money where his mouth is. And I have a friend who does work for him. And uh, my friend just has never said a bad word about him and says he's an honest guy that really works hard and, and loves the fans. So uh, I'm, I'm jealous. I wish we had him back here in St. Louis, but he's going to do great for you guys. And I hope the fans really welcome him. Oh, he's already being welcomed. I'm seeing Pujols jerseys everywhere. It looks like everybody's excited to have him here in it. We, we don't consider Anaheim to be L.A., so it's nice for him to actually be here in L.A. Yeah. repping the Dodger blue. Um, like yeah. I said, I'm really excited to see his impact. Not only It's not going to only impact this season because I think his impact is going to have a long-term effect with these young Dodger guys. Mainly, I'm really hoping, fingers crossed, yeah. and, you know, that Gavin Lux is on you. him. As and, we get close to middle of June, we, we call it Flag Day. June 14th is Flag Day. That's when we know if our Cardinals are going to be any good. So if they're any good, I'm going to be talking a lot of smack about your Dodgers. Buddy. Oh, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think St. Louis is going to be pretty good. Um, I like Arenado. Think? Or yeah, Nolan think, Arenado, think, four home runs in four games. I know, I know, I know. But I can't, like, I can't put too much on the Cardinals just because I can't like them here. I yeah, can't I like them. I, I can't like them. So I'm going to give them credit and say they're a good squad over there. I expect to see them in the playoffs. But – I can't give them too much credit quite yet. <laughs> you know what? Let's put let's not even put the cart before the horse. They got to get there, and there's a lot of good teams in their way. Oh, of course, of course, guys. Make sure you listen to this podcast on Going Deep with MatthewJeremy.com on Sports Bums, anywhere podcasts are streamed. And as always, everybody, much love.